Welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Corey Jason, John Pauline, Ben Mandel, bringing you guys some World Series talk. Right now, the series is tied 1-1, going to Arizona. And what an incredible first two games we've had. Game one, right? Getting right into the meat of this. The Diamondbacks had a lead going into the bottom of the ninth. They were up two, five to three. Corey Seager decides, you know what? Let's tie it up, send this to extras. And then the man that everybody in this pod thought was going to be the MVP of the World Series, Adolis Garcia, walks it off in the bottom of the 11th. Just an incredible game. Nobody thought the Rangers were going to be able to pull it off. There was this one video of a guy in the crowd that as soon as Seager hit the ball, didn't even watch it fly, just started hugging all his friends. Well, did you see the shot for shot, um, like, that they took with the drone? And, like, basically, Seager is celebrating in the follow-through. Like, he's yelling because he knew yeah. he got all of it. And that was yeah. just awesome. Yeah, I mean, how about the shot for shot of comparing – game one to game one of the 2000, 2001 World Series versus the Yankees. W throwing out the first pitch, right? The home run, the walk-off, just everything was like shot for shot, mirror imaged from the 2001 game one. And then 2001 game two, where the Diamondbacks then won it on the road to tie it 1-1 before going back to their place. It was just an incredible game. Not much more you can ask for a 6-5 Rangers victory in the 11th. It's just, I mean, Zach Gallen was, he wasn't brilliant, but five innings, three runs, only gave up four hits, but 99 pitches is a lot in five innings. The bullpen was pretty solid up until you get to Paul Seawald. And Ben, you know Paul. Look, I, I, said, to, I said to Corey during the NLCS that, I, I just had a feeling that Paul Seawald was going to blow it against the Phillies because I, as a Mets fan, have seen Paul Seawald do that. So I'm sure every single Mets fan felt the same way because, Corey, you actually said to me that you had your your other Mets fan friend say the exact same thing. So I it, sent it's a screenshot of my other group chat with a bunch of other Mets fans all saying Seawald. Mm -hmm. I mean, I honestly thought seen he was going to blow it too, and I'm not a Mets fan. <laughs> We've seen it. We we know. And to see him in high leverage spots, I know he's had a great year, but oof. but just brutal, brutal way to end game one. And then you had uh Miguel Castro, another former Met, blowing in the bottom of the eleventh, giving up the home run to Adolis Garcia. Yeah, just... A lot of former Mets on this Arizona team, but uh the game two hero was another former Met as well for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> We'll get to Tommy Pham in a moment and talk about his good deeds. But let's look at the Rangers, though, from game one. We talked about the Diamondbacks, the Rangers. Just Adolis Garcia, three for four with that big home run. You got Corey Seager. He went one for four, but that one was a big one. Well, it's hide the game. You're, there's no more game. No, there's no more game if he doesn't get a home run there, mm -hmm. pretty much. Nate Evaldi got shelled. Four and two-thirds, five earned runs. Funny thing is, one of my friends texted me before the game saying, you know, don't bet the Rangers. Evaldi's going five and giving up five. 
he was almost right. Guy's a Red Sox fan for context, and he watched Nate throw the best postseason I've ever I've ever seen. And then Leclerc closing it out. He's been lights out all postseason. He had that one bad game that had uh just stoppages between the Rangers and the Astros that kind of threw him off his game because he came in in the eighth. But he's able to bounce back fine from that. But game two is really where things kind of got off the track. The Diamondbacks coming into this game needed to win, just needed to win. You cannot go down 2-0. I know they did that against the Phillies in the NLCS, but you can't expect your team to win three straight at home to take the lead. You just can't. You need to tie it up here. You need to show life. And they did. They won 9-1, to getting two runs in the seventh, three in the eighth, two in the top of the ninth, just dominating late game stages, 16 hits to four. Guys, what did you see out of this, this team that in the Diamondbacks when they bounced back for game two? Well, first things first, when you hit the back end of the bullpen like that, uh, it tells me that you take advantage of lesser pitching. And that's what the Diamondbacks have done. And really, if you want to sum up their season and everything, they're an opportunistic team. Um, I, I saw something on social media the other day, and it was, you know, say a Suzuki dropping a pop-up uh, late in the season. I forget who they were playing against, but, I mean, and the Cubs end up losing a game. I mean, so, you know, just a few things. Yeah, I mean, just a few things here or there that, you know, the Diamondbacks are a team that shouldn't have even made the playoffs. And this is something that we have harped on a bit here on the pod. So, you know, yeah, I'm not saying that they don't deserve to win the World Series, but they shouldn't have made the playoffs. So, you know, for them to come into the postseason and do what they've done, they've been opportunistic. They've taken advantage of their opportunities, you know, against the Phillies. Yeah, they went down two games to none. The Phillies gave them an opportunity to get back in the series, and they took it. The Rangers, they gave them an opportunity to put this game away at the end by putting in some of their lesser pitchers, and Arizona took advantage of it. They can hit these guys and – Look, you, you can't take anything off or for granted against this team because they truly know that their only advantage is that they are hungry and that they're going to go out a, and win. Death, death by a thousand paper cuts for the Rangers. Yeah, it's a lot like that Kansas City team uh, from 2015 uh, where they are just going to hit, they're hungry, and they're they're just going to play the right way. They're, they're going to play mistake-free, good, yeah. fundamental baseball. John, what did you see out of them? I think the time are doing, I think more than any, any team that were in the playoffs is they're generating runs by getting like hits, like singles and doubles. I think yeah. they had a few triples and stuff. And it seems like a lot of the other teams, like they're relying a lot on the home run ball. Like the Phillies are relied on the home run ball a lot. Like that was their home run and bus. And it seems like the Rangers, I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of the runs are scoring from home runs and dying back runs. You look like they're generating runs without the home run ball. And that's, the one thing I see them doing that seems so different from a lot of the other teams. So just to break down what the Diamondbacks did, this is where they got contributions from. Cattell Marte, one for five, but with two RBIs. Corbin Carroll, two for five with two RBIs. Gabriel Moreno, the catcher, one for four with an RBI, but that was a home run. So right off the bat, you have five RBIs, five runs out of your nine from your top three guys in your lineup. 
These are the guys that you need to be performing. You can't just rely on the back end guys. The guys you have at the top of the lineup need to be the ones showing out. Then you get Lourdes Gurriel with another RBI. Then you get Evan Longoria with an RBI. Just guys performing. Rivera pinch hit RB, two RBIs. Back Piggyback that performance off of Merrill Kelly being outstanding. Seven innings of three hits, one run ball, just shutting down one of the most potent offenses in all of baseball. I mean, nine strikeouts, and his only blip was a Mitch Garver home run that the Diamondbacks were still ahead, and that put them ahead, I believe, two to one instead of two nothing back in the fifth inning. So just dominant. When you strike out Simeon twice, Carter twice, you know, Seeger, Grossman, Garcia, Heim, Lowe, Tavares, you get these guys that are good hitters and you're getting them to strike out at least once. You know, they only had, I think, two base runners all game, right? No, my bad. They had like four base runners, but like they were sporadic. The Rangers didn't get a runner into scoring position until the top of the ninth inning when they started to kind of threaten a little bit. It took them that long to get a runner on second base. Just utter dominance. And then Jordan Montgomery just struggled. You know, we talked about Monty early in the postseason being a workhorse against the Orioles. And even against the Astros, he pitched really well. Six innings, nine hits, four earned runs, a walk, and no strikeouts. Not a single strikeout against a Diamondbacks team that has been prone to some strikeouts from some guys. They'll hit a lot of singles. They won't hit so many home runs but they will strike out too. And he couldn't get any, just a, an abysmal day. Then you got Martin Perez coming in the back end. Perez, who was a starter and then went to the Red Sox and back to the Rangers. He gave up another four runs in the, in the top of the ninth inning when the Rangers had the bottom of the ninth, when they got the runner in scoring position. So the Diamondbacks is the away team scored four in the top of the ninth, just really putting that one out of reach. What do the Rangers need to do better now that they're heading on the road to Arizona for games three, four, and five, since we are guaranteed at least five games in this series now? Well, the big thing is turn the page, right? Turn the page, move on, you, you head to Arizona. And I think one of the positives you can turn and look at is look at how Texas has been on the road. This po- I'm pretty sure they haven't lost on the road yet. Uh, you know, this is a team that – has had success on the road. They were able to dominate in Baltimore. They were able to dominate that first uh, in the NLDS. They were able to dominate on the road, which is was what ultimately won them the series against the Houston Astros. Now they, they won their game at home. They flipped it to where they can win it on the road. Uh, they can win all these games on the road. And let's be honest, Arizona, they're not going to have the biggest right. home field advantage. It's not like Arizona has a gigantic fan base. Let's be honest. Um, we saw what the Philly fans were doing, where they were just buying up seats because they were cheap enough and letting them be empty. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, Arizona, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried about home field advantage. I think that, you know, for Texas – you get to go into this knowing that, hey, it's now a best of five series. You, home field advantage is gone, but you get to go out there. You get to try and throw some of your, you know, the, I believe Scherzer gets to go for game three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you get to see if Scherzer can go out there and flip the series back in your favor. And ultimately, it's Scherzer well, versus Pot. 
Well, let's 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 be honest though. When you look at both of these lineups, the Texas lineup is better than Arizona's. I understand that Arizona has hit the ball better so far and a little bit more consistently. And you know, yeah, they maybe don't rely on the long ball as much. But the Texas lineup is more dangerous, and I think that Texas can feel good about that. You don't have to look into this too much and change anything too much. You've been the hotter team this postseason uh, from everybody that you've played. Now you're running into the hottest team uh, that came from the other side of the bracket. So, you know, just being the hotter team is not going to get you through anymore. But that big lineup, it, it can and it will. You just got to hold them down. It's it's one of those things where you have to have the hot hand. Now the Rangers haven't lost on the road, right? What we were saying, they're hot, they're hot on the road. The Diamondbacks have only lost one game this postseason at home. That was their third home game to the Phillies. And the Diamondbacks play well at home. I think they know they don't have a home field advantage, so I don't think it really matters too much. But again, we said we have Scherzer versus Spot for game three. Scherzer's stats coming into this in the postseason, he's 0 for 1 with a 9.45 ERA, six strikeouts, three walks. Fott, though, no wins, no losses. A 2.70 ERA, 22 strikeouts three walks and it's just it's one of those things where Scherzer was fairly good his last time out versus the Astros in game seven surprisingly good even though he only went two and two-thirds gave up two runs but you expect him to do a, a lot I just don't know what I expect out of the Rangers I don't know if they can overcome this that the Diamondbacks have all the momentum now after that major win They've really been the better team this series, even though it's tied 1-1. The Rangers had to get by by the skin of their teeth in game one, and they got blown out by the Diamondbacks in game two. I just don't know how you take away any positives. So unless you're able to fully turn the page and start fresh, because now it's a best-of-five series, unless you're able to start fresh, the Diamondbacks kind of have the the uh, just the edge in the way the vibes are going. So... How do you guys see the rest of this series playing out? Who has been the MVP for both teams this series so far? And who do you expect to be the MVP going forward? I mean, I think it is very, very clearly um, Adolis Garcia on the Texas side. I think there isn't really any arguing. I know I picked Josh Young um, for Texas coming in because I thought maybe we were going to see an unexpected person step in. But, you know, for Arizona's side of things, there are a couple different directions you can go. And part of this is just because of how, you know, they do things. They spread it around. You know, Merrill Kelly can definitely get a nod, especially if he goes out there and wins another game for the Diamondbacks. But I think, you know, a guy like Tommy Pham or Cattell Marte are probably the more likely ones to get that nod. Maybe Corbin Carroll as well with how good Corbin Carroll has been. But Tommy Pham has been unbelievable. A great acquisition at the trade yeah. deadline. I thought that was a great signing for the Mets this offseason. What, what did the Mets get for him? Uh, some uh, prospects. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't anything too crazy. But, you know, look, it's there are a lot of different options for Arizona, yeah. and I think that's what shows that Arizona's been the better team. Now that you mentioned Pham, though, we probably should talk about how, you know, he tied Albert Pujols for most four-for-fours. In a play or four hit games, I should say, in the playoffs history. Yeah, call him Wendy's. Yeah, he's just great. And then he gave up his opportunity to be the first five for five guy in the World Series to let his friend Jace Peterson get his first World Series at bat. 
Jace Peterson's bounced around the league. He was a Yankee, a Brewer, a, a Brave, an Oakland A. He's played everywhere. And now with the Diamondbacks able to play in the World Series and getting it bat in the top of the ninth when, you know, fam said, let my boy get it. Just really good. John, what do you what do you think though? Who's gonna win? Who's been the best? Who will who will be the best? And how do you see this playing out? I mean, I gotta agree with Ben, but I think the Diamondbacks have been the best so far. I mean, they look the best, and I think it's telling because it's like you almost have a tie going on on who could be MVP for them. I mean, Tommy Pham, Marte, you can throw Corbin Kelly on Corbin Carroll in there. You can Merrill Kelly. Like they have a lot of different players that you can throw in for MVP. So I think like so far. With the two games we've seen, they've been the better team. And then for the Rangers, I mean, Adolis Garcia, I think hands down MVP. He's kind of been carrying the team per se. And I mean, I think, and if they don't, you know, if he doesn't get some help, I mean, you might be seeing the Diamondbacks run away with it here. But I, I think you know Rangers. They've been playing really good away. They haven't. They the only time they the only time they lost is when they got swept by the Astros three games in a row at home. So I mean, other than that, they've been like perfect, flawless away. So I mean, honestly, it's at this point. I mean, it's hard to pick a winner. But I mean, I'm going to stick with my original prediction and say the Rangers pull it out because I think they just have a better, even though they're not playing. Like the best right now, they have, they have a better li- overall lineup. I think it's it's tough. I, I I think the Diamondbacks do end up pulling the series out. I do think the Rangers get right back in it. The Rangers need to win Game Three. They cannot go down three zero because or two one. I mean, I just feel like the momentum has shifted so much out of their way that that would be tough to come back. I think the Rangers need to take the 2-1 series lead. But even if they do, I don't think the Diamondbacks are dead in the water. They've shown resilience going against the Phillies, winning games six and seven in Philly. But it's going to be tough. Both teams are facing a tough task. Look, I thought that Texas was dead in the water when they were going back to Houston down three games to two. And so I'm going to say right now, if I, as long as Houston is able to win one game, in Arizona, then they're they're okay. As long as they make sure they can send this back to Arlington, they will be okay. So I, I, I believe that, you know, yeah, don't get too caught up in the highs and lows of the postseason because the highs, they feel a lot higher than they actually are, and the lows feel a lot lower. At the end of the day, it's just a loss for Texas. They know that. They know they're still in the World Series, and they ultimately know that what they're chasing is within reach and as close as it's ever been for anybody who is currently playing for this trophy, outside of maybe Corey Seager. So, you know, look, this is definitely, you know, definitely tough for Texas to bounce back from, but I don't think you can look too much into this loss. I do believe that, you know, yeah, there are, there are a lot of blowouts in the, in the postseason and especially yeah. in playoff baseball, you just get back on your horse and go because at the end of the day, you understand that, Hey, you're just going to throw pitchers out there to eat innings. It's going to be tough, but that'll do it here for us. I think we're all just hoping for a great series where we're able to talk more about it next Sunday and see where we stand with how everything's going. The series getting into November. It's going to be one of those where you just really don't know how things are going to play out. It could go either way. Game seven would be next Saturday, November 4th, if it's needed. 
So by the time we're back on here, we'll know who won. We'll know what's going on. And then we'll be able to get into some off-season talk. And by off-season talk, I mean Otani talk because who knows where Otani's going to go. Not me, not you, not anybody. I don't even think Shohei knows. It's going to be I saw, all- I saw a meme all today all saying that he's going to the Colts. Yeah, I, I saw that too. I saw that too. <laughs> he's going to shock the world. Sign with the Colts. You think Ryan would be happy with that move? Oh, I think so. Colts <laughs> no, not cheap. I, I don't think he could be a two-way star in the NFL. I mean, hey, I think he's better no, than Gardner But that, that'll do it here for us. Thanks for tuning in to the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Keep tuning in. we got football, hockey starting up in a big swing. Ben, hockey's going big now, right? You, Everyone. Hockey's rolling right now. We're we're going every week. We got the power rankings coming out soon. Uh, you know the latest are up from last week. Definitely, definitely rolling with hockey. Hockey season's in full swing. Hockey's in full swing. Football we're getting to the midway point in the year already. That's flown by. So once baseball ends, still so much more to deal with with the Outsider Sports. So keep tuning in and keep it locked to the Outsider Sports Podcast Network.